everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Hey everyone, this is Larry and James from WSTrades.com doing our weekly update podcast. How's it going, James? It's going pretty good, man. How are you? Doing all right. Storm pretty bad out in California right now, trying to get through this. Oh man, that's surprising. What, just like thunderstorms and stuff? Or yeah, we haven't even seen. It's just really crappy weather, like cold, windy, cloudy, and we're getting some rain finally. I thought this state was never going to see rain again. Yeah, for sure. More rain, the better. Yep. All right, man. You want to kick this off and uh, go over your closing trades or anything you had to open up this week? Yeah, so I did have a lot of stuff. I got pretty active on the weeklies, which I normally don't do. But a couple weeks ago, I did play with some same-day expiration stuff a couple Fridays ago. And I won on every single trade. So that kind of got me like back into thinking about the weeklies. Um, so I started to mess with weeklies again. Uh, let's see here. Um, so on Monday... Um, I did get on a position for Dece- I think this is December monthlies. Yeah. So I'm starting to build out December as well. So I did a lot of December monthly stuff and then I did some weeklies. So Arc G, I got a put spread on for December monthlies um, on Monday. And then AFRM, this was a weekly trade. They have been on a ridiculous rally for a long time. I think they're up like over 100% in like two months or something. So I saw them surging again Monday. (laughs) I was like, I think I text you about it. I'm like, this is like stupid. I'm going to sell a call spread. So I was able to sell uh, 165 as a short on AFRM. And that one went max profit. They tried to rally a little bit, but then they pretty much sold off uh, from that point the rest of the week. So they traded pretty flat. So that was pretty sweet. Max profit on AFRM. Um, And then Macy's. I saw Macy's pumping like 10%, I think, on Monday. And I was like, geez, these guys are only trading at like 20-something a share. This is a pretty big move for them. So I sold a call spread on Macy's. Uh, 29 was the short. Uh, That was max profit. Um, I sold a call spread on BILI or Billy. This one did burn me um, to max loss. Um, I think that was the only trade that went max loss for this week, but that was a weekly expiring on Friday, and uh, they just kept ripping. 79 was my short, and they just kind of kept pumping. Went deep in the money by like three or four bucks, so that one bit me. And then um, I sold RVLV on Monday. This was another weekly. Same thing. They were just cooking. And I was like, ah, this is too big of a move. I bet they cool off. So 75 was my short call. And on Thursday, I think they went in the money a little bit. And I was like, oh, man, this thing's going to screw me. Like It's like one day to expiration. And they are like right at that level. But the 75 for them was a really long-term resistance level. So I was like, well, we're going to see what's going to happen here. Because if this thing gets above 75, and like closes above it today, then like I'm screwed. But Friday was a fat sell off. I think they sold off like four or 5%. So um, it ended up working out great for me. I went max profit on RVLV. Um, And then 
I jumped back in on the cues because we were looking at the charts, I think, last week, and we were thinking, man, it was such a ripper last week on pretty much, you know, the indexes and NQ specifically. So I had closed out of that position, and then I kind of saw that they were still wanting to rip. So I jumped back in on uh, NQ, the micros. So I went long there. Um, I got an ARKK December monthly on. Uh, that was a put spread 109 the short. Um, I also went DIA. They're almost at the all time high again. So I went to the call side. Um, I've had pretty good success on DIA uh, doing the call side in the past. I know NQ and SPY have kind of bit me on the call side, but DIA seems to treat me pretty well. So I did a 365 short call there. Um, that's for December monthlies. And what else? Let's see. Oh, EW, good old EWZ. Um, I put another trade on for November because they're still so beat down. And I'm just like, this is so stupid. I'm going to go for, you know, a little further down. And I sold the 29 put. So I got an extra trade on for November on EWZ. And yeah, they're still really struggling. But um, I kind of like it's I think it worked out a couple months in a row for me. I think September and October just seeing the things that burned me or uh, that I got a loss on, I would just go out for that next month and do an extra position against it. So I took another chance there on EWZ um, for November. And then uh, EEM, this is the Emerging Markets ETF. I just sold a put, the 48 put on them for December monthlies. And then on Friday, I decided to, since I only had three positions on for the weeklies, I decided on Friday to do some same day expiration stuff again and uh, just get some more trades on. Uh, so I sold a call spread, I think, yeah, Seagate. I think this is what this is, ticker STX. They were ripping early in the day and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna sell a call spread. I bet they cool off and I bet people take profit. So that one was um, an 87 short call, it looks like. So I sold that and then Facebook was selling off pretty hard. So I figured they would bounce. So I sold a put spread there. 320 was the short. Um, HCA, I forget what this ticker is, but they were down big. And I just thought the same thing. The markets are probably gonna be cyclical and this thing is probably gonna rip the rest of the day. So I did a 240 short put on HCA. I think it's healthcare or something or other. Um, and then AXP, I think is American Express. They were ripping pretty hard early. So I sold the call spread there. 187 and a half was the short. Um, Beyond Meat, BYND, uh, they were selling off pretty good early. So I sold a put spread. 93 was the short there. And I don't even know what this one is. I'll have to look it up. OLN heck was this thing again it's pretty bad i don't even know what i'm trading uh olin court <laughs> so they were um ripping pretty good so i sold call spread there i'm like ah, people are probably going to take profits before the day's over um chipotle was getting beat down pretty bad cmg so i sold a put spread there 1765 was the short and then moderna was taking a beat down so i sold a spread there put spread 315 was the short um so pretty much everything went great i bought back stx at a partial profit uh, i guess it's about a 50 60 percent profit 
And then OLN, I bought back for a very small loss. And then Billy got me. So I think I had a 94% win rate for the weeklies. And I got an 8% return. So, yeah, the weekly stuff worked out great for me. So I'm thinking with the last few weeks how the weeklies have kind of worked out for me. I think I'm going to keep doing it. Um, it kind of scares me having the shorter term to expiration stuff. I've been really focusing on like 30 to 60 day um, expirations so much, uh, pretty much for the entire year. That's all I've been doing. But having some success on these weeklies, I'm kind of thinking maybe something that might give me an edge is just playing stuff to be cyclical, like these things that are ripping early in the day, uh, maybe on Friday or things that are maybe ripping earlier in the week, just sell call spreads and just expect people to take profit. And then the stuff that's getting beat down really bad, maybe just sell put spreads on the weeklies and maybe with things just kind of being cyclical and, you know, people taking profits, maybe that'll give me a little bit of an edge where I can have some success on the weekly stuff. Yeah, if you're playing stuff that's either, you know, dying super hard or pumping super hard, I'm assuming the uh, IV's jacked up on them too, so you can probably get a decent fill price. Yeah, I definitely seem to get some pretty good pricing on this stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think especially on the Friday, like same-day expiration, those things that are beat down like 10%, you know, 15%, whatever it is, and there's like no real crazy news, like the companies aren't going bankrupt or, you know, whatever. I feel pretty good about selling put spreads on those, and it worked out great. Like Facebook rallied, Moderna rallied, Chipotle rallied, Beyond Meat rallied, like everything rallied great. Um, there was one point in time that American Express and Seagate were ripping hard. And I was still looking at a profit. I think it was going to be uh, maybe half the profit instead of getting an 8% return. Maybe I was going to get a 4% return. But then at the last hour or something of market being open, like American Express and Seagate just totally tanked. There was like some crazy profit taking. So for a minute there, it was looking like my profits were going to be a lot smaller. But then just, you know, that last hour of the market, those things sold off extremely hard. And uh, American Express, which was looking like a couple hundred dollar debit, just completely fell out of the money and ended up being, you know, max profit. So, yeah, I'm definitely uh, going to keep trying that. And if I keep having success, then, yeah, maybe I'll be doing a lot of weekly stuff as well. Nice. Yeah, I didn't really have crap going on this week, man. I was just so busy. I couldn't even really, you know, look at charts much. But um shut a lot of closing stuff. Basically, I started the week off by getting away from space because they had that massive sell-off. And like I text you, dude, if this thing or dips below 20, I'm out. I'm not holding on until this thing hits 15 again. So I ended up selling my uh, shares of space. Uh with that massive Bitcoin rally we had, uh, SOS, it just, uh, let me pull up the chart real quick. I think they were up like 20% in a few days. This. Yeah, so I had a, a huge rally, ended up hitting a high of, uh, I got out at 289. And then after that point, they just sold off super hard. So I'm getting out. It's still at a loss, but a much smaller loss than I was uh, looking at before. 
And I just, man, I was just bag holding them forever. And I'm glad I got out of it. But like in an, I'm an abused spouse, I got right back in and bought uh, a call this time. And it doesn't expire until January uh, 2024. So I'm going to start just every single week just selling the right out of the money uh, calls on it against it. So I'll be running diagonals until 2024. These things get uh, called away. And then the only other thing I closed out of my progressive, which is ticker symbol PGR shares. They're still looking good. I still think they're going to hit about 98, but they just rip super hard this whole week. And I was like, yeah, they're probably going to chop sideways for a while before uh, they hit that 48 level. So I ended up getting out of that. Once they hit that level, I'll probably go long again because they've been, you know, as high as 60. So uh, as soon as they start, like, breaking through certain levels like that 48 level, I'll get right back in. Um, It was weird, too, because they had earnings and they had pretty crappy earnings from what I was looking, reading. But it didn't really affect them. Like during earnings, they just kind of chopped sideways. They didn't die as hard as I thought they would. So that's why I ended up going long. Um, but yeah, it got out of that. Like I said, if they can get above 48, I'll jump right back in and ride this thing, you know, as high as I can. Nice. Yeah, that was all I had going on. Cool. Um, so yeah, for this week, uh, we're kind of discussing before the podcast, kind of what we could go over as a topic. And, um, we wanted to talk about kind of pricing in the markets. Um, like if you're dealing with options and specifically selling options, um, I know when I really started off becoming primarily an option seller, you know, I had this thing in my head where, you know, let's just say I had a one wide spread. I'm looking to like sell a call spread or I'm will, or I'm looking to sell a put spread and, you know, I'm looking at the delta and I'm looking at the probability in the money and I was just kind of running through all the numbers in my head and I was like, um, okay, if I've got a one wide spread and I'm going to sell this thing and let's just say the short leg has a 30% chance of being in the money at expiration, I need to collect $30 in credit um, to make this trade worth my while. Because if I think about it, if I go max loss on the trade, it's going to be a $100 debit. And at a 30% chance of being in the money over the course of 10 trades, you know, if I don't get $30 in credit for every single one of those trades, then I'm not even going to be able to break even. Um, So I definitely, you know, I was looking at options pricing and I was looking at this and I was just not seeing that kind of pricing. And for a little while there, I was like not getting into trades. And I was like, man, this is a 30 delta or, you know, a 30% chance. This is a one wide spread. I need that $30 and I'm not getting it. Like things are maybe paying 20 bucks. Maybe things are paying 25 bucks, Um, but it's just not, you know, coming to where it is. So Sometimes you hear people talk about that and they talk about options trading uh, being a zero sum game. Like even if you get that $30 on that one wide spread over the course of time, well, you're going to win 70% of the time. You're going to lose 30% of the time. And if you're collecting $30 in credit, 
you know, and keeping that every time you win, and then you're taking a hundred dollar debit or, you know, losing $70 every time you lose, everything just evens out and everything just balances out and you're not making any money. You're paying commissions, you're paying contracts fees, you know, so you've actually got fees in there. So you'll sometimes hear people talk about the zero sum game and like, you know, you're not going to be able to win if you're just out there. Uh, even if you're getting this perfect pricing, uh, you're not going to be able to make any money. And, you know, I kind of had that same course of thought when I started to really sell out of the money options. Um, but, you know, early on, sometimes I would see that, like maybe if I'm trading SPY or DIA or the Qs, you know, these highly liquid things, sometimes you will get really great pricing. Sometimes you'll get that 30 bucks. Sometimes you'll get a little more and you'll be like, oh, this is a great trade because, you know, I'm got a 30% chance and, uh, you know, it's going to pay me 35 bucks or something. I'm like, this is perfect. You know, that's a way to beat the zero sum game. But then there were other times where like I couldn't even get that on SPY or the Qs or DIA. And, it, you know, I was just like it was keeping me out of some trades um, until I realized, well, I'm going to have to accept less than perfect pricing or I'm not going to be able to put on any of these trades and you know I'm just going to be sitting on the sideline you know doing nothing and it actually took just the experience of seeing that I don't need the credit and I'm still making money so like as the time passed you know I would look at these trades and I would still get into them even though I know like let's say it's that one wide it would only pay 20 bucks or it only pay like 22 bucks or something like that. And I would still put the trades on. And I think this also ties into, you know, how that can still be profitable. Even if you don't grab that perfect pricing, um, it kind of ties into the whole implied versus historical volatility thing. And what happens is, you know, people still expect these kind of moves in the market. And a lot of times they don't happen. So a lot of the times when you take a loss on a trade, you know, it's not even a max loss. So that kind of helps you out too. Um, you know, even if you don't get that $30 on a one wide, maybe you take a loss on that trade, um, you know, let's just say around 30% of the time, but it doesn't even hit you max loss. So like after you're doing it for a while, you kind of realize that that zero sum game is BS. It's not really true. Um, and the markets just don't really move, you know, over time, for the most part, they don't move enough to hurt you. So you can actually get, you know, far less than perfect pricing and, you know, you can still make money. And like one of the things for me, too, is I love to trade 30 Delta stuff. I'll sell call spreads all the time and put spreads all the time that are like around 30 Delta on the short leg or, you know, around a 30 percent chance of being in the money at expiration and, you know, what I noticed is that, you know, you're still making money and like my win rates are a lot higher than that. Like this week, I pretty much sold 30 Delta on everything that I looked at and I had a 94% win rate. So you kind of see like over time that, you know, you don't always have to go out there and get a perfect price. Like when you're, when you're selling options and you're making high probability trades, yeah, I think that's your strategy is good too. Where people, like you're saying, you're not getting perfect pricing. So a lot of times people will move closer to the money and make a less probable of being max profit trade because they're like, oh, well, I'm not getting, you know, the fill I want. 
I need more uh, credit for whatever, you know, say you're trading spy and you can't get that $30 at a 30 Delta. So then they'll move their strikes close to the money thinking, okay, now I got the right amount of credit. Well, now you just uh, decreased your chances of being profitable on the trade. So, you know, that's one thing that I struggled with for a long time. And sometimes I still do is instead of, making a high probability trade i'll move closer to the money i'll move at the money and try and hit a home run every time and it just it doesn't work like you're saying like the pricing you know just go for the high probability stuff you're not going to hit a home run every time but just be consistent with your trades and you know your profits are going to start soaring from there you're not going to you know don't for me it's trying to remember that you know, I'm not trying to become a millionaire overnight, like just chip away at it. High probability stuff. You're going to win more trades that way unless you're really good at, you know, picking tops and bottoms, which the market doesn't care what you think about tops or bottoms. I don't care who you are. Uh, just always stick for those like high probability stuffs and don't worry about the pricing. Yeah, definitely. Like like you're saying, as long as you're doing, you know, some type of high bill high probability trade whether you're doing like you know 15 delta on the short or 20 delta or 30 you know whatever it is um you'll start to see like the more trades you put on um that you're gonna have higher win rates than you think like if you're always putting on 30 deltas you'll see you know one month you might have only a 68 percent win rate um you know it might not be the greatest win rate but actually one of those uh months I can't remember which month it was. It may have been September or July, but actually one of my months where I had the worst win rate of the year for for my monthly contracts, but it was still, I think, you know, high 60% or something like that. I had my greatest return. So even though like my win rate wasn't that great, like I made way higher return than, you know, most of my other months. So I think, yeah, the more you do it, like the more you'll see, oh, okay, I don't have to get, like if you're doing a, you know, a 10 wide spread on something and it's a, like a 10 delta on the short, you know, you're going to want to get a hundred bucks for that. You know, when you think about it, like if you want to get the perfect pricing, you want to get at least a hundred bucks. But if you do enough of those trades, you'll realize you you know, you can grab 50 bucks or maybe 75 bucks and like things are still going to work out over time. Um, as long as you keep, you know, you're active and you keep making those trades and you just kind of let the probabilities play out in your favor. Yeah. I think that's a great point too, is the overtime thing. Like you have to be active. If you're playing the probabilities, you can't, you know, go out and sell one call option or one spread at a 30 delta and then you know one spread a week and then think okay yeah i'm you know 30 percent. i'm gonna you know be all right no you got to be really active like you you're putting on a crap load of trades every week and that's when the probabilities come in because if you put in you know one trade a week and it's 30 delta it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to lose or you're going to win 70 percent of the time all the time so that one loss is going to just wreck you if you're putting on you know one trade a week doing it so you know you got to be active and know that it's a overtime thing 
Yeah, exactly. Because when I put on my four Monday trades and Billy was going to the moon, that was putting me at a loss right there. I was already like, I believe I was already a loss or maybe it was like a very small profit. I was like, man, Billy's like killing me. I can't just put on those four trades. So that's why on Friday, I'm like, I'm going to put on as many trades as I can and just try to get a bunch of stuff out there and you know give myself a chance because like you're saying if you put on one trade on monday friday rolls around well if you lost it that's a hundred percent losing rate for that week it's not very good but if you put on 10 trades you know who knows you might win 60 percent of them you might win 90 percent of them um and i think that's kind of what happened with me this week if i would have just sat on those four trades on monday i would have walked away with a very small profit i don't know probably not even one percent of what I risked, I would have got a return on. But since I put on 13, you know, total trades for the week, um, I walked away with like a 94% win rate or something crazy like that. So, um, yeah, it's definitely uh, a numbers game. Just, you know, keep making those trades, be active. And like, you know, if you're going to go with that strategy and then you'll kind of see over time that you're not going to care so much about the pricing, um, at least you know, doing that kind of a strategy where you're primarily just selling out of the money and you're doing it a lot and, you know, you're trying to let the probabilities work in your favor. Yep. Very good point. All right, man. Uh, did you have anything you were looking at getting into next week? Um, yeah, let me see on the, cause I still am building out those December monthlies. So let me kind of see here. What I was oh EWU I don't even think I talked about that one but I guess I got a December position on for EWU that's the United Kingdom ETF um, I sold a put there so that's for the December monthly so I probably I may have talked about this in the last episode but I haven't gotten a trade on yet for uh, EWY um, is that one's the South Korea one? I think I talked about a trade. Yeah, putting putting on a trade for that last week, but I didn't quite get to it. So probably gonna get that one going. And then well, EWZ, I don't have a December position on, I guess. Um, so I gotta do December for EWZ. Um, and then FXI, that's the China large cap. I don't have a December position there, and then GDX, so that's gold. Um, I don't have a December position there, so I got to get something for GDX on. And then I probably will be looking at the weeklies again next week and just kind of see what's ripping on Monday um, and what's dying hard and then put some trades on there as well. Nice. Uh, yeah, I've just got a couple of tickers, and I'm not bearish or bullish on either of these. I'm, they're at a, a price level where I'm going to see, wait for confirmation, see what happens. Uh, one is USB, and they're just about at that high of 63. I don't know. RSI is riding a little high, uh, so I don't know they're going to break above that yet. So if I see them start selling off again, uh, I'll start selling calls above 63. Um, you know, it's one of those watch and wait kind of things. And this ticker, same thing, ticker symbol CC. They're at this level uh, where they actually tested. It's at about 29.19, 29.20, where they tested it back uh, January 8th. Hit that level, or hit it, sold off, 
came back and tested it on March 15th. As soon as they broke above that, had a fat rally, sold off to it, and then gapped down uh, the beginning or the middle of last month. And then it only took them about five days to rip right back above it. And they're at that level about right now. So I'm going to see if they're going to want to bounce off of this or if they die underneath it, if they get crushed underneath it again, I could see them going down and testing like the 24 level. Um, but I, I'm thinking it's might act like support, but again, I'm going to wait for confirmation and see, you know, which way off of that level it wants to trade. Yeah. That's an important point right there. Cause yeah, like you're saying it went up and hit that level like so many times and couldn't get through it. And then once it finally did bust through, it went all the way up to like 38, 39, and then, um, yeah, definitely been kind of downtrending for the most part. And then that huge sell-off in late September, probably have to look up on the news on that and see if there was anything uh, specific there. But, um, yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem like it because look at the, like, five days later, <laughs> that massive rally right above it. It just, yeah, it came right back. Um yeah, like you're saying, that does seem like a really key level. And yeah, if it can, um, you know, rally from here, then maybe we could start to see an uptrend or something going on. Uh, but yeah, if it sells off, I mean, we got down to around, what, 27 or so. Um, that was like the most recent bottom. So yeah, that'll be a good um, a good point to look at if it starts selling off some more than yeah, we could see a pretty good move down there. Might be a good short opportunity. Yep. All right, that's the only uh, tickers I was looking at. Cool. All right. Um, actually, I'm going to save it for the uh, next podcast. You know what I'm working on right now. And I'm waiting until I actually get everything, you know, fixed on it before I start talking about it. So uh, no news yet. Oh, yeah, sounds good. All right, man. I'll see you next time. All right, man. Catch you later. Bye. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the WS Trades podcast. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe. Also head over to YouTube and search for WS Trades. You'll find us there as well. We've got trading updates as we make our trades over there and also educational videos so you can learn about different strategies within the stock market and options trading. And also please head over to wstrades.com. Thanks again.